0: This is Aliens and Artists, part two of our conversation with Samantha Mowat. I'm your host, Stuart Davis. Let's look a bit deeper at the hybridization program. I know you prefer questions (laughs) distilled to one part, and I, on occasion, produce fugue-like queries, so maybe (laughs) we can compromise and I'll give you one question with three parts (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So hybrids, how long has the program gone on?
1: Millions of how, years?
0: Really. OK. well, how many hybrids are there? And what is the objective? Where is it all heading? You say millions of years this has gone on, but I, I think many of us are looking at the last century as ground zero, right?
1: But okay, Stuart, I have to stop you stop the talk, please I beg you stop. <laughs> so much information have right now think of it this way hybridization isn't just being done with humans there are so many species that are going through hybridization we are only one small portion of the species on this planet that are going through hybridization yes we have it but you have other planets that are going through hybridization with different species as well yes of course the greys are infamous for their hybrids the reptilians are starting to be more um, well known for their hybrids as well as a lot of our people in power when we look at a lot of the stories of what are going on stories have been passed down for thousands of years especially stories like um for instance when we see in the bible with adam and eve if you actually think back of what that story is we created man to make in our image well of course that is a form of hybridization you have multiple genetic structures being combined to make humans of this variety that does not mean all humans are going to be this form of hybrid because of course humans um came from the lyra star system that's completely different and humans yes it's got we've gone through a rapid upgrade in the last hundred years i agree But this isn't the first time we've gone through upgrades. They're always tweaking the DNA. They're always moving it around. And we're not just all one type of hybrid. It's not there's every single human on this planet is a hybrid to one extent or another. You really are. You were comprised of multiple extraterrestrial multi-dimensional beings' DNAs. The difference being between what we classify as hybrids versus normal humans is who is continuing to have their bloodlines more closely monitored, who is having a greater level of um, genetic manipulation and tampering occurring, which bloodlines are being followed. And when I get into those kind of components, people think, okay, well, if your bloodline's being followed, it's bad. Well, no, my bloodline has been followed on both sides for a very long time. Everyone that I get bred with in the hybridization program, their bloodlines are followed as well. But we also tend to have a lot of distinct um, advantages to this, not only regards to psychic abilities, but when we get sick, we get healed. Um, We have a better sense of friendship and connection to these beings, a better level of the um, understanding of the esoteric things of that nature. But when we're looking at the aspect of how many people have been um, hybridized over the last 100 years or 1,000 years, it is countless. There's no way we could actually know the true numbers on this because you'll have people that are, um, for instance, I'm in the hybrid program. But my sister, um, they decided would not be in the hybrid program because they didn't like the way in which her genetics turned out. They didn't like some of the dispositions she had, whereas they liked my genetics better for breeding. So I was bred from the time I was a late teenager onwards so there's a different they do tinker a lot of people but they can decide to tinker you for a certain period of time and then stop tinkering you or they may decide to um help put you through a lot of the health and healing the psychic development the stress test and everything else that go on with determining if someone would be a good genetic match for hybridization throughout childhood and you may hit teenagehood and they may be like okay you're actually more prone towards schizophrenia and therefore that's a problem And we don't want to have to deal with that with a lot of our hybrids because they're already prone to this, that and the other thing human earth wise. So we're going to take you out of that part of the program, but still heal you and track you in case you do have children and they don't have those genes turned on. Do you see how there's that um, level of forethought and understanding on their part about how certain genes get turned on and trying to turn certain ones off, things of that nature, or if people are more having a predisposition towards drugs, alcohol, um, things of that nature, ignoring the downloads of information that we get, because a lot of hybrids, um, we get downloads even at young ages telling us things that we should or shouldn't do, things of that nature. But Sorry, you had a second part to that question. Go ahead.
0: Well, there's this notion, popular among many experiencers and researchers, that in the last century a great population of hybrids has been created aboard craft, and that there is an objective behind that enterprise, that these beings will be introduced en masse. The idea simply has found traction as a way to account for this aspect of the phenomenon, that We're headed toward a mass arrival, particularly the hybrids via Gray slash Mantids. What would you like to express regarding those sentiments?
1: I do and I don't agree with it. I honestly, we have a lot of extraterrestrials and multidimensional[s] already living on the planet amongst us already. All it takes is a simple walk through your grocery store and you're pass somebody who actually is not a standard earth human, whether it is a being that is projecting the image of a human over top of their um, physical form through the holographic nature of reality, or someone who is actually um, more like looking human, but genetically very different and not human. That is very common. And the reason we have things like people recognizing eyes, um, seeing beyond the veil, seeing eyes moving towards being slips or pure black or things of that nature, seeing, being shadowing behind somebody. That's very common. But when we're looking at this aspect, which you're talking about, of seeing a massive amount of um, hybrid beings suddenly coming down to the earth and living amongst us. I don't think it's going to be done in the way that people are expecting. I think most people are expecting for um, disclosure to happen, then ships to come down and these beings to suddenly be living amongst us. Well, no, because the, you have to remember a lot of the extraterrestrials multi multidimensionals that have beings in the hybrid program they love these beings these are like their children these are their children in fact because they're just a composition of their dna and ours tinkered in many various ways you would not send your child down to a very um, bad part of an inner city where your child is going to be raped beaten up segregated and things of that nature would you That's dangerous. That's a waste of your time. That's a waste of your resources that endangers something that has a strong energetic and psychic bond with you. You wouldn't do that. Humanity is not even close, in my opinion, to be at a good enough place, judging by how much we have racism and prejudices towards one another, based upon everything from class to sex to um, skin color to you name it, to be ready to receive these beings. We're much too toxic. I do think they are wanting to move it forward in the future, but I wouldn't be surprised it takes another 100 years or 200 with how slow our progress is going.
0: So you see this as a slow, gradual process, but there are significant numbers of them living here now. They are generally undetected. You don't see a big disclosure and mass arrival, you know, an overthrow of existing power systems. It's just gauged... Over centuries and millennia, not decades.
1: In my perspective, yes, I think it'll be done over centuries and not the invasion. I think a lot of the negative um, perception people that we have talked about earlier, but the demonizing of these races are perceiving it to go towards. Now, the reason why I have this perspective is when I look at everything that has taken place we have countless stories of people who come to recognize that there are extraterrestrials and multidimensionals living amongst us who are masquerading whether it's the people who see the reptilians people who recognize um, for instance I believe it was one of Jordan Maxwell's more famous stories where he ends up talking about um, some young girl that he ended up dating when he was younger, um, whose father and them were clearly ET by the sound of it. We have a lot of stories like that being released through UFOlogy where people have met um, non-Earth human humans. And I think that is going to become more commonplace where we start to better recognize it as occurring. I do feel as though that is going to be the overall theme, but they don't have to have us um, have this invasion the way that people are seeing it we have star seeds happening people such as yourself myself and countless others are not earth human soul origin we come from other places we have a natural affinity and connection towards these beings and living off planet we are here to help bring this knowledge down why would they choose to have an invasion in the way in which people are afraid of it taking place when they could simply come tomorrow or today even because they rank us technologically already Because they beat us psychically. They don't have to do an invasion the way people are um, fearing it to be based upon the information we're given with things like Hollywood.
0: I want to follow a tendril back to artistry and artists. When we consider the hybrid program, the offspring in schools aboard craft, you know, the training and cultivation of nascent capacities, basically teasing open the potential of these Unique kids. Is artist a calling, a vocation, a life path that a hybrid child could choose? Or is their path determined, preordained for them according to other criteria? If a hybrid child exhibits great artistic promise and passion and were to advocate that they want their life to be as an artist, does that happen? Could that happen? what would it look like?
1: Yes, that could happen. Um, I cannot tell you exactly what it would look like because I haven't encountered that one. But one thing I've known about, um, come to know about may the beings I've interacted with is the majority of ones that have hybrids have an interest in allowing for their hybrid children to have an exploration and understanding of both their extraterrestrial and multidimensional DNA components, as well as their earth human components, where they wish to teach them about their earth human culture and place of understanding. They may not be able to have art exhibits and art shows like the way we would have it down here, nor large concerts, but they would still be able to have interaction with humans that have an understanding of art and interest in art and be able to help show them ways in which they can better be more expressive. Our understanding of art, they would not necessarily allow for a hybrid child to have um, access to things like acrylic paints or um, let's say pastels because the toxicity level because they won't necessarily be able to um, have the same preventative measures in their skin type to have a higher tolerance for the toxicity within a lot of our artistic supplies. If you look at what is contained in a lot of our um, devices that we use for art, you actually, if you read them, some say that they can be carcinogenic. And so because a lot of the hybrids are better able to absorb things through their skin because they don't necessarily have um, the same toxicity immunity that we have built up because we do have a very toxic planet that we're also more accustomed to handle this higher level of toxins they won't necessarily have that same capability to withstand that same level of exposure and so they would be able to explore artistic expression but it would be done more likely in a different way probably through the use of energetic um, portrayal of energy and pictures so when i'm describing this remember earlier how i talked about um The Pleiadians projecting images up on into the air so myself and my fellow classmates could see it, same with when I see my hybrid children's telling stories, um, showing the um, representation in the air in front of us, almost like a 3D movie being portrayed, almost like a a projection or a hologram being projected out of the mind. Things of that nature can be done for better um, artistic expression. It's just a different level of clairvoyance as far as I'm concerned. I don't think they necessarily have canvases up in the same way. I've yet to see a canvas or a photograph of any of the extraterrestrial multidimensional beings. When I'm on craft, I haven't seen any on their planets. So to me, I don't think they necessarily have art shown in the same way that we do. I think they still have a very strong connection to it based upon what I've come to notice, but not necessarily um, portrayed and referenced in the same way that we have ours.
0: So the mediums available would be constrained by the toxicity of their components
1: thing that I noticed when I've talked to some of my um, beings that I work with about my hybrid children like well why is it that I'm not able to hug some of them why am I not able to breastfeed some of them and they've explained that has to do with the toxins that run through our bodies and they actually do a lot of healing on mine so I'm much healthier than most humans where I have a more organic lifestyle where I have regular energetic and vibrational healings done by these beings where if I get really sick they take care of things we don't have the toxins from vaccines nations running through our bodies or the chemical shitstorm, pardon my language, running through me. And yet I'm not a place where I'm healthy enough to breastfeed these children. Then it also says a lot about their level of um, toxicity tolerance, doesn't
0: it? I want to go into a bit of a tangent. I'm so curious to hear your reflections on this enigma. Are you familiar with the work of David Pilates and the missing 411 books and movies?
1: No, I'm not, but I'll have to check it out.
0: Okay, so I'll briefly frame it and ask the question, knowing that you haven't been able to assess that collection. His work goes back decades, I believe. It explores and investigates a specific category of missing person cases, not people who were abducted by conventional criminals, not people attacked by animals. Ostensibly, a majority of these Cases that Pilatus investigates happen in national parks, Yosemite, Yellowstone, etc. Missing person cases with attendant anomalous features. So, the tracking dogs cannot pick up a scent. Often, there is a sudden inexplicable shift to inclement weather that utterly obstructs the search and rescue efforts. A child may vanish in broad daylight from... The company of the others and then years later their clothes are discovered dozens of miles away atop a mountain neatly folded the clothes show no signs of weathering or aging despite the exposure to the elements so these and other anomalies create a truly bizarre population of cases there's thousands of these cases that he's investigated add to that the apparent obfuscation of the national parks who claim to keep no records of missing people as preposterous as that sounds that's their claim he's heard all kinds of explanations you know it's bigfoot it's aliens it's fae entities which is why i'm asking you about this because we discussed the overlap of various entities is there any intuition you can offer on why these people are going missing under such bizarre conditions, often in our national parks?
1: Well, based on everything you just said, I think it's more likely to be a combination of it. When we're looking at the aspect between the Bigfoot to the extraterrestrial to the phalem, I think you also have to throw in there things in relation to, not necessarily time travel, but portals opening up. Because we do have natural energetic portals that do open on occasion and people can walk through them. When you're looking at these people, I think in order for us to have a much better understanding, we're actually gonna have to truly look at these people on one, a genetic level. What is their genetic composition like? Are they all related to certain blood types? Are they more likely of one, type of person or another in regards to like their psychic abilities. Are these more psychic people? Are these less psychic people? Things of that nature. Because if we're looking at them, I do think that there's more than just one factor here. I don't think it's all cut and dry of, it's just they it's just extraterrestrials. I really don't. That doesn't make sense to me, it doesn't resonate. And so I think you actually have multiple factors that have come into place when it comes to this. A different, one thing that I've noticed that a lot of the national parks that we have, both the in the US and in Canada, do seem to have either ley lines intersecting, whether they're major or minor. And I wouldn't be surprised based upon everything that I'm being shown that where these people are going missing is actually where those ley lines are meeting, where we have two or more intersecting. And so energetic abnormalities, pardon me, are more likely to occur within those regions. And when we're looking at this in place here, When you have ley lines intersecting, yes, you can have weird energetic things happen, but you also have a lot more activity on a multidimensional spectrum with the various kinds of beings. You'll notice that there's going to be commonalities related to what season these people are more likely to be taken on, especially if you were to look at the records of when people are being taken in correlation to solar flares, energetic bursts that are occurring. Because you have to look at how these people are occurring, like having these encounters happen when the energy is increased when we're having a greater flexibility with the vibrational frequencies this isn't just one group the phase do take people yes and I mean that is well known throughout different parts of the world they can be a little bit mischievous that way taking people into the mountains sometimes having them gone for days weeks years hearing songs feeling the fae energy chasing the fae things of that nature Yes, extraterrestrials do sometimes take people for quite a long period of time, but normally there will be um, images of craft being nearby or people will have markings on their body, things like that, when the extraterrestrials take people for longer periods, whether it's being gone for years, like a 20-year program, and then come back, things of that nature. But when we're looking at how this is unfolding, to have it occurring on such a large magnitude and over such a long period of time to me, based on everything that you said to me, Stuart, it does seem more likely that's actually multiple groups having their fingers dipped into the pot, so to speak, playing with everything. Because yes, there are overall commonalities, but there's also levels of high strangeness occurring here as well, indicating that's multiple groups, not just one. Because if it was just one group doing this, we'd see more of a consistent, consistent pattern taking place, pardon me.
0: Hmm. It's a bewildering subset of the larger contact puzzle. I want to shift gears and ask you about your energy, your tempo as a person, because there's this particular quality to your presence, your expressive patterns and modalities. I can't speak for you. I know you'll speak for yourself. But my impression at times is that there's a great deal of signal and that perhaps one thing that could be challenging about the work you do, about the life you lead, is that The human body has a finite bandwidth and broadcasting capacity. And maybe there's a cosmic traffic jam piled up behind you of information and beings that would like to come through, whether in your life or working with your clients. Sometimes when I hear you talk, I feel like you're trying to keep pace with the intensity of this flooding. Is that accurate? And what can you tell us about your experience in that regard?
1: Well, um, I don't know if you've ever seen any of my YouTube videos, but you'll notice on occasion I'll start stumbling over my words. It's because I have too much energy going through into my crown chakra, my third eye at once, and then I start losing the ability to speak. So I often end up taking energy, putting it in my hand and rebalancing the energy of my throat chakra because I'll have such a download of information coming that sometimes you'll have like five or six different groups of beings or beings trying to talk to at once. And it can be a little bit like trying to play telephone operator to share all the information that the various beings are bringing forward. It's funny because a lot of clairvoyants and a lot of psychics will have multiple beings trying to talk to us at once. So we'll have like overlays of images. And sometimes it's related to what we're talking about right now. And sometimes it's about what they want to talk about in a minute. And so it can be really hard to discern exactly who it is that's talking to us. If I'm trying to have a conversation with you and have a conversation with them simultaneously. And it's, it's kind of entertaining. I have to admit it's pretty fun a little bit weird at times because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'll find myself speaking out loud and I'm like, oh, you didn't ask me a question. Sorry, you meant to say that in my head. And the person with is like, what are you talking about?
0: The telephone switchboard operator is a great image to depict the functional reality of being permeable to a multitude of intelligences. You know, the telephone operator in front of all these channels, you're contending with an other order of Attempts to make you the conduit, you know, you're the roundabout for all this traffic. Does that ever frustrate you or do you feel like you've just made your peace with it? That you just have a strategy that works now?
1: Oh, it definitely frustrates me, especially when I'm dealing with either friends, family, or people that I'm dealing with as clients. And I'll talk about something and they'll either deny it or try to lie to me about it. And the beings are like, nope, that's not the case. And I'm like, and you want to call them out on it, but you just can't always because sometimes you have to make your peace and try to live in a 3D world. So yeah, it can be a little bit frustrating. Um, One thing I do find when you're someone who's going through a lot of this is I was laying in bed the other night, and thank goodness my kids aren't home, and I woke up and it was like 1 o'clock in the morning after having an encounter, and my dads are like, you forgot to move the elf on the shelf. I'm like, really, we're doing this now. <laughs> Come on, I'm sleeping. And so you'll have like these multidimensional beings who'll be like, this, my, where am I putting it? They're like, wrap it in a blanket and put it in the fridge. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so it's really weird when you have like stuff like that happening. And it was kind of funny. because I was having an encounter like a few minutes before that, where I was talking to some of my spirit guides and I started to go into an encounter where, um, It's with someone I do a lot of hybridization with. So I was up on craft and then to be put back with my body into bed, only to have myself to go deal with the elf on the shelf. It's really funny having these different groups interacting and connecting because it's, it sometimes feels like I'm playing charades with everybody. Of course, being clairvoyant, the majority of the information is visual. So it's my job to interpret that as best as I can, which can sometimes make it a little tricky, especially when like, if I were to look at somebody and see the image of like a, um, blue star or like a blue being. And I'm trying to go at it from my place of understanding. Sometimes they want me to literally say, hey, blue star or blue being. And so I'll often describe what I'm seeing and then give my interpretation as I'm sure you're well aware of by now.
0: Okay, last-ish question. This one is a little tricky. It's a little delicate to frame up, but I really think it's relevant. And I know you'll have feelings about it, I don't hear it discussed much when we look at hybridization, the reproduction, the children, the multiple selected or directed romantic relationships. Basically, the partnering that happens where the entities have preferences for who you are paired with. A lot of romantic, physical, and reproductive activity is taking place. And in a sense, it reminds me of polyamory here on Earth. I mean, When I try to think of a human parallel to it, how have you managed this with the people, the partners in your life? Is there a lot of jealousy? Is there a lot of discord? Or have you found the maturity and sophistication of those involved is on par with the nature of the phenomena? What is that like?
1: Um, It is complicated to say the least. Let me give you a bit of a overview. When I was 16, I met my first hybridization partner. Um, he did turned into being my high school sweetheart. The moment I saw him, I recognized him right away, even though he and I had been going to the same school for a few years. I'd never seen this guy once, which is interesting. And so the moment I saw him, I had that instant sense of recognition of, I know you. I can't quite place how I know you, but I know that I've seen you and i know it was not like i've seen you in school but as in i've seen you on craft i've recognized that frequency within you and he and i end up having hybrids together for a couple years and i had the same thing happen with um my husband becoming ex-husband sorry for the tmi but when i had like first saw his image i had the same thing happen again we're like Hmm, we're going to fight a lot. I suppose there's some level of connection between us, but I can't quite figure out what it was. And of course, I was very young when I met him. I was only 18, so I didn't quite understand um, back then a soul recognition, really the understanding of recognizing people that you've had contact with on craft or in past life memories, things of that nature. And it wasn't until I was about 24-ish that I started to recognize that I was actually in orchestrated relationships and going through the hybrid program and you may wonder well how did you not fully recognize that? i did know that i was going to craft i knew i was having some sort of babies there but i didn't quite understand that they'd be using humans who also have a higher percentage of et and activated dna for me to breed with and they'd be tinkering the dna and what have you so when i end up having um uh, okay i'm just gonna be oversharing for a couple of minutes but
0: i mean honestly i appreciate it i don't hear these facets discussed And I think it's truly important. So many relationships are busted up because of contact. So many are created because of contact. So to whatever degree you feel like sharing, I think the complexity of this merits the transparency and frankness to help others tackling these same riddles.
1: Wonderful. Okay, in which case, I'm gonna be speaking at you for several minutes. So what ended up happening when I was 24 is my husband and I decided after our second child was born, my son had a lot of allergies. Um, we're like, okay, goodness, this kid has had colic for a year. We didn't realize it was allergies at the time. Um, once we found out that it was allergies, like we can't risk having another kid with allergies. He's got like 12 or 13 allergies, which by the way, the ETs that we work with in particular, the mantis, have actually gotten rid of all of his allergies. This kid is completely allergy free by the time he was eight, which is wonderful which when you have 13 including asthma is a christmas miracle but that was all the healing and so when um my husband and I decided we weren't going to have more children that we we're going to have a vasectomy um i started having different extraterrestrial beings presenting different men to me the first one i recalled um we were living in on vancouver island at the time and what happened was i was up on craft and i was talking to a woman And I didn't realize at the time she was in ET, because I noticed that her face was a little bit blurry, but I didn't really think much of it. And she's talking to me about how um, this next one I was going to really like, and that it was a male, I saw his hair color, his eye color. She told me they had two children, like, no, I'm like, no, 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 I'm married in this lifetime, you are not welcome to be replacing my spouse, no. And she's like, he has two daughters, and one has blonde hair, and one has red hair. I'm like, no, no, you're not doing this. A moment later, he walks in. And I, of course, being on craft, was naked. And I'm like, whoa, uncomfortable. not really comfortable having this man that I didn't, I recognized the moment I saw him, and then realized that I've been seeing him since childhood, as have I with most of the men that I am bred with. We actually start meeting them as a small child. You'll meet them when you're like five or six years old, and you'll kind of see each other. typically in groups multiple times hurt your childhood and teenagehood and so i rejected him right away and that was fine and then about a year later i end up going i moved to vancouver and i walked into a new age store because i wanted to understand um, contact that i had the night before or two nights before that pardon me with a different being and i ended up meeting my next orchestrated relationship and this man and i had um, an instant sense of recognition we changed the energy in the space because He works as a psychic, I work as a psychic. Um, We both recognized it and his girlfriend at the time who was up above us doing some work up there felt the energy shift in the room and looked down at us and actually felt terribly uncomfortable. And so he and I started having um, gray hybrids together. I'd see him on craft quite often. I did for the next few years, except, energetically i'm willing to have more children he's not in this lifetime so they end up pulling that separation apart and putting us in different trajectories and traded them out for someone else which of course having that happen when you have a lot of contact with someone you can't help but start to see all oh, the beauty of that person especially when you're connecting on a psychic level an energetic level an et level you recognize the multi-dimensional nature of reality you do start to love the people that you have contact with and so when he got traded out of course that period lasted for about three years and I was still married to my husband at the time and he and I like my husband and I, were having a lot of stress in our marriage because of my contact he did not want to be discussing it because it was very overwhelming there's a lot going on us having contact at least every week and whether it was astral physical psychically and it was just it placed a lot of stress on a normal 3d marriage and so so after that one ended up going, I had four or five more than up coming up over the next couple of years after that. And my most recent one is even more intense than any previous orchestration up until this point. One thing I have found is there is a very distinct difference between the men that I'm dealing with. Most of them tend to be of negative blood types is one thing I have noticed. But where the distinction lies with them is what groups that they're interacting with some of them have a higher affinity with the reptilians and have a higher percentage of reptilian dna others have a higher percentage of gray others have a higher percentage of carrion one of the gentlemen that was bred with for a short period of time he had carrion or more extraterrestrial bird-like dna he and i didn't make happy healthy hybrids so we didn't get bred together for very long only a cycle or two whereas i do have a better job making lyran and human or human and reptilian or human and gray hybrids those i tend to make better because of the genetic composition of myself and the way that the activated dna is so i tend to have more of those type of hybrids come forward and the other thing that i want to bring up about this, stewart is with my more recent one you can have multiple groups orchestrating a relationship especially if you have one or more children that are of extraterrestrial multidimensional origin who are desiring to be born to you so several years ago i met my children that are coming next my next son is actually a very strong personality part of his soul origin is gray and he has shown me me giving birth at home multiple times and he roughly said to me i don't care who the father is pick one Because he knew the extraterrestrials were the first ones to tell me that my marriage was going to be ending. And they were completely right. Our contract was up and everything else. And part of the reason why, of course, our relationship couldn't work is because of the strong obsession with psychic abilities and contact within myself. Because when you have something occurring to this extent, it weighs heavily upon your mind. As does anything else that any human is going through. And quite understandably so. And so with the last several men that I've had orchestrated relationships with, they have all been contactees. They have all been abductees, half have been my labs. All of them are more psychically focused and about half already have children. And one thing that I have noticed about them and how this really shifts and changes is when there are multiple groups involved, the, the majority of them only had one, maybe two groups that were really pushing one male or another, which of course is part of the reason why it led to the dissolution of my marriage but when i look at everything that has led me towards my most recent contact experiences with my most recent orchestrated relationship partner is i have everything from angelic beings to spirit guides to the graves to Lyrans to both of my soul children really love this next one and this next one is going to be my next partner because they told me that the third time i talked to this person hey you're gonna end up marrying this person so it's pretty intense when you see that happening
0: So in one relationship, there was not space to accommodate the multiplicity of partners and kids, but in the emerging one, the one coming up, there's more parity in which that understanding is in place. Is that a fair characterization?
1: To an extent, yes. When it came to my, my seem to be ex-husband, wonderful man, absolutely wonderful, heart of gold in a lot of ways, fantastic. But he didn't have a strong enough energetic capability to hold the vibration of the children that are coming. Everything is done in correlation to vibrational frequency. He didn't hold the right frequency to be able to make these next two children in the way that they are wanting to be born. Before we are born, we determine who our parents are, what our major life obstacles are. We really laid out a lot of our birth plan with, of course, flexibility being in place. And what is happening here is they were trying to find the right genetic matches to hold my next two children's frequencies. And they finally found someone who I had been abducted with for a very long time, who would be a good physical match as far as the genetics are concerned, psychic match, energetic match, things of that nature.
0: How many children, human and hybrid combined, have you had? And how many children are you willing to have ultimately?
1: So I have a few dozen hybrids. From what I've noticed, I have two current physical earth human children. I'm supposed to be getting pregnant next year from what they told me. And I have another one to two children coming.
0: Man, (sighs) it just seems like a big ask. Your body has taken on so much. It's already just so intense and demanding to be a mother in the conventional human sense. And When I look at the population of offspring that you're describing having ushered into being, wow. But your energy remains so high, a lot of vitality, you hardly seem exhausted. Am I wrong about that? Or is there a part of you that's like, this is a lot?
1: On occasion, I get that. But they told me I'm going to be in the hybrid program until about 50. So I'm like, that's okay. I can deal with that. That's not too long. 50. Yeah.
0: So is that feasible in part because of your optimized health conditions derived of contact?
1: In part, yes, but they also told me when I was an early teenager, early part of middle school, Samantha, you're not allowed to do drugs, you're not allowed to drink a lot of alcohol, you're not allowed to have a lot of sexual partners, you're not to join the military, you're not to do this, you're not to do that. I'm like, okay, and I took their advice, and I think that's part of the reason also why I'm happier and healthier is I don't really, I don't eat meat, I don't consume. Very many animal products, like I don't do eggs, I don't drink milk, I have a tiny bit of cheese, but even then they don't want me having that. It's because the vibrational frequency throws off a lot of hybrid aspects. If you have other vibrations coming into your body, whether it's alcohol or high stimulants, they throw off your vibration. You know how if you drink a lot, if you have a lot of caffeine, how you feel kind of jittery, or if you have like a ton of cheese or a lot of meat, you're like, oh my God, I feel so heavy. It's kind of like that inconsistent vibratory frequency that comes with what we're ingesting. So they have been very particular about what I am and I'm not allowed to have. I'm not allowed, because I know I'm getting pregnant next year and it's either going to be twins or back-to-back pregnancies over the next three years they told me as of the end of this year i'm not allowed to have any alcohol for next year and i have to go down to one cup of coffee a day i'm like okay if that's what you want that's what i'll do because there is an exchange in place people think they're using you they're taking advantage of you but yes and no this is something i agree to on a soul level i'm always happy when i meet my hybrids my reptilian hybrids my um hybrids my Arcturian, my Pleiadian, it doesn't matter to me. I love meeting my hybrid children. Nothing fills my heart with more joy than when I see my babies. And it's not from that overly hormonal aspect that I say that. It's because there's a sense of recognition and accomplishment when I see them. They are happy. They are thriving. They are mentally stable. They are highly capable individuals. What is not to love about that? It's a sense of accomplishment when you see that your hybrid children are doing very well. And when I look at, yes, it is a lot to ask for someone to be going through frequent pregnancies. I've taken so many pregnancy tests over the last 15, 20 years. It's not even funny because I didn't realize for a long time that my feelings of being pregnant from my breast hurting to my late periods and everything else were me being physically pregnant with hybrid children only to have an encounter and then for my period to start a day or two later. I didn't realize that when I was younger.
0: Do you feel as though you've helped other women to be able to recognize those patterns and? what they may imply, and that may have alleviated some of the suffering that previous generations of women had to go through in these processes?
1: Um... I hope so, but if nothing else, I'm certainly making it so that my children understand that they are going to be going through hybridization. That is something that our bloodline experiences, and I've helped them to better understand the signs and symptoms of it and how to better recognize what is going on. That way they're not going through some of the same stressful points that I went through. Because I would go through like months where I wasn't having sex. And then I'd be like, why am I having pregnancy symptoms? Why?" You know, all the basic pregnancies. Why are these happening? And I was confused by it when I was younger, trying to figure that out, especially when I was still a virgin. Things like that were very confusing for me at that state of being.
0: So, do you feel that you've literally had virgin births?
1: Um, I never thought about it that way, but yeah, to an extent. Part of how they do it is very different. I remember giving birth vaginally to countless of my hybrids, ones that range from being more comprised of like some of them have more glowing skin. Some of them have look like they're contained within sacks. Some of them look like they're physically, like I've given birth to grays while standing up. I've had beings taken out of me um, almost like an energetic cesarean where I see like the body kind of opening up and the baby coming out and the soul essence coming out. So it really depends. Birth is a very broad way to describe it. It's not quite, I can't look at that from like a standard perspective and see it as just one thing.
0: These are delicate subjects to navigate, and I want to thank you for your frankness and transparency. Is there anything else that you feel we should be aware of that deserves our attention that we didn't cover?
1: The one thing that I actually want for your listeners to have the most level of awareness of, whether you're listening to someone like myself or anyone else within UFOlogy or the psychic community, is always use discernment. Because what your place of awareness is could be very different from someone else's. Where I've had experiences that are both good and bad with a lot of these beings and therefore do not see any one race as being just black or white. I see a million shades of gray. I want for you to also take that consideration in when you're listening to other people who have gone through contact. Is yes, one may be presenting a very wonderful or very fearful experience too. And instead of dismissing them as right or wrong, I want for you to look at it from a level of discernment. What is it that's going on within that person to lead to that level of perception? because as we evolve and grow as a species and in particular as an individual your perception of an encounter may change some of the things that scared me as a child or made me uncomfortable as a child I am no longer as fearful of or uncomfortable with and so I want for your listeners to have that in mind as well
0: for more information on Samantha Moet, check the show notes The book UFO Drawings from the National Archives is one of the more interesting outsider art projects in the proverbial Fordian Museum. For 47 years, the British Ministry of Defense collected sightings of craft and anomalous events from the United Kingdom. More interestingly, it also gathered artistic renderings of these sightings, submitted by witnesses. Those artworks were compiled by David Clark of Sheffield Hallam University. Clark had long sought the release of these documents using freedom of information searches. The many artworks, which were eventually declassified and released, were rendered by schoolchildren, policemen, and average citizens. Clark says of the works, quote, As visual evidence of unusual sightings that are deeply meaningful and significant to those individuals who see UFOs, they are uniquely valuable historical documents in their own right, and shed light on how the events and popular culture of the age imprinted on people's imaginations, End quote. In many ways, the uncalculated and raw portrayals carry a unique veracity. Far from the polished production of film or TV, these depictions bear the emotional urgency of witnesses trying to make sense of what they saw, Often these artworks express the most baffling, bewildering moments of the observers' entire lives. They're evidence of how contact and anomalous experience can make artists out of anyone. We'll explore particular sightings and artworks from this book in more detail in future episodes of Aliens and Artists. To follow along, you can purchase the book UFO Drawings from the National Archives by clicking on the link in the show notes. Aliens and Artists is brought to you by The Liminal Muse, offering one-on-one work with me, Stuart Davis. Sessions focus on creativity, spirituality, anomalous experiences, and transpersonal hypnotherapy. Go to theliminalmuse.com to book a session, or check the show notes. Hi friends, Stuart Davis here. Not the dead painter, the, the other living Stuart Davis. The dead Stuart Davis was great, but he no longer needs your support because he's moved on to other forms of currency. He's working in the discarnate economy now. I, however, for now, would love your support. If you like the podcast, please consider becoming my patron. Just go to StuartDavis.com, click on the Patreon link, and transfer the sum total of your net worth or another amount, and I will use that money to buy food, and heat my house, put gas in my car, and take my dog to the vet, and of course, make more art. Thank you so much for your support. Parker
2: Bowie, this is your movie. I know I believe a